Thanks for listening to the Della Darling podcast. If you want to follow us on social media, we are at Della Darling Pod on Instagram and Twitter and the Della Darling on Facebook. Hello, everyone. I'm so excited because we have one of our best friends recording with us tonight. Hello, Lisa. Hi, guys. So you are the Lisa P. And for the longtime listeners, um, people may remember you from our very first episode. You weren't there in voice, but you were there in spirit. Yeah, I think you guys talked about, I think you mentioned me a couple times and then there was the news article about the other Lisa P um, who wouldn't move out of her dorm room, but that was not me. <laughs> yes. So for listeners who don't remember all the way back, um, I think, to, I think that wasn't our very first episode. Um, there was a woman who was named Lisa also last name started with a P and she was a squatter at Hunter college in her dorm room. So after she graduated, she just refused to move out. And I think racked up a bill of something like $11,000 because she just wasn't paying and wasn't a student and insisted on still living there. Yes. I'm sorry, $94,000. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, Yeah, it was quite a bit. No. I'm revisiting the article, and apparently they also had to kick out a 67-year-old man who was living there for nearly four decades. Um, and I guess no one realized, so they don't, they don't have a good track record with that, I guess. Jeez. Yeah, no, I was happy to move out of my dorm. So I'm, I'm happy. (laughs) So obviously we love following weird news about Delaware and we love it even more when we can connect it back to the Lisa P. Um, Lisa, do you want to give a quick introduction um, of yourself? I always think of you as like, my go-to friend when it comes to talking about pop culture and podcasts and Scrapple. And I know that Emily appreciates your insights because you're one of our friends who actually drinks beer as opposed to me, who sadly does not. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I do appreciate that Emily and I can have a beer together and talk about that. But I do love when we go to the wineries and the cideries together. Um, But yeah, um, I am a born and bred Delawarean. I lived there for all my life until I left for college. Um, And then I moved back for a year. And then I moved away again. And then I moved back. (laughs) And now I live in Baltimore. Um, I've been here off and on since 2015. Um, And I've known Dara and Emily. I've known both of you guys. Dara since elementary school and Emily since beginning of middle school. So it's been a long time, (laughs) like a really long time that I've known you guys. We're only 28, everyone. Okay. So when she says a long time, more than half your life is a long time. Yes. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. It's like eight over 18 years. So. Yes. Um, so I guess we actually have quite a bit of news. It looks like mostly food news, which is great because we definitely share in a lot of um, food. Yes. So I, I actually posted to our Instagram last week about this, but we're getting pizza cones. So there's going to be a new food truck. They're going to have cone shaped 
pizza. Where is that going to be? Um, they're going to be throughout Delaware, but I'm, I'm assuming they're kind of Wilmington based, Newcastle County based. I know they were over at Barclays last week in Wilmington on the riverfront. So I think that's, that's probably going to be their main stomping ground, but, um, I'm excited. I think it's going to be great. Dara, you're probably not going to partake in that. It's a little too glutinous for you. Well, I'm confused because, well, I know that, you know, the way that people eat pizza is very uh, hotly contended. You know, everyone. Controversial. Controversial. Pizza pizza is a controversial topic. But how is a pizza cone any different than just like folding your pizza in half and eating it? I like to think of it as a pizza, as a hot pocket with an open side. Okay. 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 I see that. I see that. Um, I'm envisioning that it's been rolled a little more, but maybe that's not the case. I don't, Mm. I don't really know. I I haven't tried it yet. Like I really feel like we're not going to get the true essence until we, you know, we try one. Okay. We'll have to, well, I know that you won't pass up the opportunity to eat um, meat filled dough. So mm-hmm. I'm, I'm glad that <laughs> you'll have to do some have festival season coming up and you know, you get to go at Euros at the Greek festival and then Panzerati's at the Italian festival and then pork buns at the Chinese festival. <sighs> you guys. I need to make it back for this. Season. Love festival season. It's the best season of the year. So, and then there was another um, foodie headline that I noticed um, and I thought it would be great to talk about with Lisa. Uh, it was Scrapple Hot Dogs with Lobster are now being served at a Rehoboth's Beach restaurant. So, Dee, I think that's at the Blue Coast Seafood Grill and Raw Bar. Is that right? Yes. That does sound like two of my favorite foods put together. Actually, three because I love hot dogs in general. Um, and then Scrapple. And then if you add seafood like lobster onto it, it's just kind of – it's making my mouth water at this moment, um, but that sounds wonderful. I have to make it back to the beach to try one this summer. Well, and it sounds like they were already pretty successful. They sort of did a little test run um, at their like pop-up stand at the Dover International Speedway, which you all know, last year I had the chance to go to the NASCAR race and I loved it. And one of the reasons is now they have all of these different foods. They have pop-up beer tents. They have all these cool things. And you can try really interesting food items like these lobster scrapple hot dogs. That was one of the most surprising things about learning about UM was that you have this love for NASCAR now. I mean, I didn't even know. You know what I also love? And I love it for the same reason I love NASCAR is the rodeo. Ah, uh, I could, yeah. Yeah. So last <laughs> year I got to go over to Cowtown Rodeo with our friend Meredith. She was doing a story for the News Journal and said, oh, you know, do you want to go to this thing? So I did. And there are a couple of things. One, the rodeo is BYOB as long as you don't <laughs> bring glass. So I'm always Perfect. down for a BYOB night out with friends. Um, also, I just love when people are really excited about the thing that they're doing. This is one of the reasons I don't play kickball because I don't get excited to play kickball. Lisa plays kickball. I like being around people who are excited to play kickball. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. So when you go to the rodeo or you go to NASCAR, like everybody there is so excited and it's so just infectious that you like, you can't do anything but also be excited to be there. Yeah. 
a, a crowd like that is important. Like at the Blue Rocks games or like Cowboy Monkey Rodeo is like the most into it crowd I've ever experienced. Oh my gosh, those people go crazy. Also, when Mr. Celery comes out, mm. whoo, the crowd goes wild. Yes. So, Lisa, we've talked a little bit about our Delaware news and looped you in with that. Um, let's talk a little bit more about what led you away from Delaware, what led you back, what led you away again. <laughs> you definitely have had um, sort of a journey after you graduated from college of doing some different things. So give us a little more about that. Right. So, um like a true Delawarean, I couldn't stay away for too long. So I went to school in Ithaca for four years and moved back to Delaware, where I got a job at DuPont. And I was there um, off and on for a while. I also worked at Pike Creek Coffee Roastery. Um, and then I decided it was time to go back to grad school. I always knew I wanted to get my master's degree. So I applied and I got into um, Johns Hopkins and moved to Baltimore for a year. Um, and then I moved back to Delaware and commuted to Baltimore for a year because I love Delaware. I miss my friends. I wanted to be around them and my family. And then I decided the commute was too much and I moved back to Baltimore. Um, and I guess it's been a little over two years here permanently. Um, and I'm still working at Johns Hopkins doing nutrition research, um, but I still go back to Delaware a, quite a bit because I, it's hard to it's hard to stay away. Yeah, I would say you're here probably about one weekend a month, maybe sometimes a little more than that. Um, catching up with us, spending time with your family, mm-hmm. you know, doing all catching up with other friends as well, not just us. I don't want us to sound so self important. Even no, you are. guys are the only ones I really make an effort to see. Sorry, everyone else. But. <laughs> wow, the the branches are out today. <laughs> everyone so she's she's really telling she's spreading the truth <laughs> what is um one thing that you feel like you can only do in Delaware um well besides the obvious of like seeing you guys um I love getting a pizza pro pizza um it is I grew up in the prices corner area and that was the local pizza shop and I have based all other pizza off of that. And so pretty much every time I come back into Delaware, whether I'm seeing my mom or my dad, we'll get Pizza Pro from the original location in the Green Bag Shopping Center. Um, that's the only pizza that fills a void in my heart. I did not expect us to talk this much about pizza on this episode, but it's fine with me. <laughs> me neither, but I actually... Um, you know, there's another Delaware foodie who stands by Pizza Pro very strongly. Uh, Ryan Cormier from the News Journal. Pizza Pro, I have heard, is like his top pizza place that he loves to go to and is often spotted there. It's it's truly the best. Um, my dad, when I was a kid, my dad like had a job, but he also did a lot of like odd jobs around and he fixed their ovens. And so that kind of like started us going there. Mm. And just a pepperoni and black olive pizza was like our once a week family meal. And um, it depended. It wasn't always Fridays, but it was the standby. And whenever I would have some other pizza, just never, it was never the same. So good to know. So, so is the olive and pepperoni still your favorite? Um, no, I'm, I like a pepper and sausage, mushroom and sausage. 
mushroom and pepper. But if I'm with my family, we definitely always have at least like one black olive and pepperoni. Gotcha. Yeah. One thing that we do like to do when we meet up and like this has been like when we were in college and coming home, like usually in like the spring or summer is I have met up with Lisa, the Lisa P a lot at um, Woodside Ice Cream and Rita's. And I know that when we have other Delawareans in the wild, even if you're, you're not so wild down in Baltimore, um, their favorite (laughs) Woodside eating Woodside in the summer and then declaring their favorite Woodside flavor is something that like we have to cover. And with summer around the mm-hmm. corner, I feel like we should we should talk about this. Yeah. Listeners need the recommendations. Yeah. So I will say the Woodside is definitely up there as one of my top things. I can only get in Delaware, but Pizza Pro is year round. <laughs> so I have to mention that. Um, but my favorite Woodside flavor is their peanut butter and jelly. Oh. Um, there is a uh, Baltimore ice cream place down here that I really love called the Charmery. And they have a lot of great novelty flavors and everything, and it's just good quality ice cream. But the my number one is still the Woodside peanut butter and jelly. Now, is that a vanilla base with swirls of peanut butter and swirls of jelly? Yes, it is. So it has everything. It's not too overpowering, but it has it's strawberry jelly too. It's not grape. And yeah, that's I'm particular. That's important. Yes, it's a strawberry jam with a nice peanut butter swirl through it. That is good to know. I've only recently um, had my first Rita's of the the season, and I I haven't had any Woodside yet. And has anyone been to Dairy Palace yet this season? No Dairy Palace. No, not yet. Dairy Palace has the best custard by far. We should do that next time I'm home. Let's go to Dairy Palace (laughs) next time I'm home. Definitely. You know, and this weekend is Memorial Day. I'm looking forward to that. We have festival season coming up. So I mentioned, you know, sort of my favorites, Greek, Italian, and Chinese festival. But we also have the ice cream festival coming up, um, which I know is not Dara's favorite, just, you know, raw childhood memories. Um, But for the rest of us who either haven't been or enjoy it, you know, we're looking forward to that. Yes, I love coming home for the ice cream festival. Ice cream is my favorite dessert. I'm ready for it. I think I've actually gone every year since I was a child. I don't remember. I think almost every year. So That's commitment. I feel like in college, maybe you missed a year or two. Um, yeah, that's true. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, yeah. But other than that, that's a pretty good track record. Now, mm-hmm. we're talking about ice cream. So I got to ask. You know, obviously we grew up in the Hocassin, Pike Creek kind of area. You were down a little more near Price's Corner, but as an adult, you've lived more in Hocassin. Yeah. So what is your opinion on Woodside versus you, Dairy? Um, so I like you, Dairy. I think I have, I mean, I just grew up going to Woodside. Like that's where we went after our softball games and soccer games and everything. You, Dairy came into my life like later on. Um, so while I haven't eaten as much new dairy as I have Woodside, so it's kind of hard for me to compare. They came to a DuPont picnic that we had once and they, they were great. We got free ice cream. I had something with peaches in it and what, which I love. Um, and it was great. Like like a peach cobbler maybe. Yeah, that sounds right. That sounds right. But I mean, I I like you dairy, but. Definitely Woodside has my nostalgic heart. 
I like to get the um, 1923 when I go to Uderi. And it's like a, it's vanilla base and then it has like chocolate chunks and salted caramel swirls in it. That's my, I, I will say I, I don't have much experience with you, Dairy, but that, that is my go-to. Um, I, most of my experience is actually with the shop that opened on um, Market Street in Wilmington because it's like the perfect sort of distance for a little lunchtime jaunt with coworkers mm-hmm. when we need a sweet treat. We do an ice cream social every year and our office is small enough that the easiest thing is just to go to an ice cream <laughs> shop. So, <laughs> so we go there um, and I like to get their eighth and market flavor, which mm-hmm. is chocolate with marshmallows and chocolate sandwich cookies. So Oreo mm-hmm. swirl. Do they do milkshakes there too? They do milkshakes and they have, they have like a grill. So they do sandwiches, like you can get grilled cheese, that kind of stuff. Um, And then they have limited flavors. So they have, I think more in the, in the freezers that you can purchase by like the pint, but they only maybe have maybe 10 to 15 of their flavors downtown compared to uh, numerous flavors down in Newark. Um, But Lisa, when I pulled up Aiden Market, because I wanted to make sure I don't go too often, everyone. Just so you know, I do not eat ice cream every day. Um, it's called the peach one is called First Date Cobbler. It's okay. peach ice cream, peach ice cream with a blueberry swirl and cinnamon crumble pieces. Yeah, that's definitely what it is. I if something is pie adjacent, I will usually eat it. So you probably really enjoyed our um, episode with that pie girl, Amy Watson Bish. I did. I listened to that one. I looked into magpie i have been inspired to like make my pie crust fancier things like that i now follow her on instagram oh my gosh and her instagram for anyone who doesn't follow her instagram is at that pie girl and every day you will be drooling because she posts pie pictures pretty much every day i don't really know how she has so much time for pie making well, Lisa, you submitted questions for that episode, as you do for a lot of our episodes that we'll put the call out on social media, like, what do you want to know about this person? What should we ask them? And I think you are consistently, um, like, one of the, the first people to respond, and you give us some some pretty good questions all the time. Yeah. Well, like, I love podcasts. I've been listening to them for, since I was a freshman in college, which is 10 years ago now. Um and as soon as when you guys said that you guys were starting a podcast, I was so excited because I was just like, oh, that's amazing. Like they're starting a podcast, my like my favorite form of entertainment these days. I listen to it like 40 hours a week because of work. Um, so I want to be involved and I love having my questions answered when I have them. Is there a question that we've, we haven't answered for you? Um, you know, I don't remember. Um, I know you definitely asked them when you talked to the two fashion bloggers mm-hmm. um, when you were in Dover. Um, uh, yes, those were good questions. No. You, I know at least one of yeah. them was about like the one fashion rule that will just totally upgrade your outfit no matter what you do. That was great. Yes. Yeah. It was very I, helpful. They had good I, answers for those yeah. too. I and I that's a that was a genuine question because I struggle in the fashion department and so that was that was very helpful. <laughs> so Lisa, how did you become such an avid podcast listener? Um, so in college, I worked at the library for four years, um, federal work study, and I 
just sat at a desk for 15 hours a week, entering books into our catalog so that people could check them out. And when you're sitting there for, you know, two or three hours at a time in between class, it's a nice time to just like unwind. And I remember thinking like, oh, I need something to listen to. And I'm not always into listening to music. So I remembered that Jillian Michaels had a podcast who I really enjoyed. I know Emily really liked Jillian Michaels too. Um, and so I started listening to her podcast and then it just snowballed from there. I realized that NPR had podcasts and it's just, it's never stopped since then. So you recommended Jillian Michaels podcast to me and that was sort of the first podcast that got me into podcasts as well. Um, Mm -hmm. And now you and I go back and forth about a lot of different podcasts we listen to related to like reality TV, but also, um, so everybody can sort of look at my, my podcast feed and I basically have reality TV and, um, true crime. I really like sort of long form crime solving. So serial is perfect for me. It's definitely been one of my favorites, but there are so many other newsrooms actually out there that are putting on these long form podcasts where they're investigating murders or various cases of how they happen or mm-hmm. how the investigation happened and why they weren't solved for so long, that kind of thing. Um, and I think you listen to a number of episodic murder podcasts. So what I mean by that is every episode is a different murder rather than having a season of eight, 10 episodes about one thing. So right. what are your favorite like true crime podcasts? Um, okay. Um, I have so many because most of my podcast feed, 90% is true crime. Uh, I've just been, I've loved it since I was a kid. Um, my favorite murder, which is at this point, very popular. I've just recently gotten into criminal, um, which is done by Ashley flowers and her co-host name is Brit, which these are both episodic. Some of the best podcasts though, about true crime that I've really enjoyed have been the long form ones, like you mentioned, and there's a Canadian one called someone knows something that's put on by the Canadian equivalent of NPR. And they have that one's on my list. I haven't started it yet. Oh my gosh. It's so good. They have, I think five or six seasons at this point. Um, and that's amazing. And there's two others that I listened to called who killed Alberta Williams and finding Cleo, which both center around Canadian, um, first nation Canadian women. And I work a lot with native American, um, families and tribes in my current position. So it's been very interesting to listen to those and compare what I've, what I hear on those podcasts to what I see every day. Um, but if you, but my favorite murder is definitely my favorite. And then I listen to true crime garage and generation Y, which are a little more mellow, less comedy focused, things like that. So you have this um, this like ongoing conversation with Emily about um, podcasts, and you are like my go-to person to talk books. Um, mm-hmm. And I know that last summer when I was reading, we had like some some Delaware themed books. We had Sunburnt by Laura Lipman, and we did Hope Never Dies, and we had Less by Andrew Sean Greer, which mentions Delaware. And I think um, mm-hmm. you just finished reading Less, didn't you? So I am about three quarters the way through. Okay. Um, he is in Asia right now. 
<laughs> so I have been, re I've been reading less and I've been, I can't recommend it any highly, like any more highly than I already do. Um, and I'm excited to see how that ends, but don't tell me. Yet. I won't tell you. I mean, it's, it's an amazing book. I, and of course, like it, it won, um, the Pulitzer for, for fiction last summer. So it's like, it's fantastic. And I mean, it would be fantastic even if it didn't win. Um, but so have you gotten, I think it's early on where it alludes to the main character having grown up in Camden, Delaware. Right. So they, yeah, he's mentioned, I didn't catch the Camden part, but he has mentioned like growing up in Delaware. And I think he talks about attending like a private school or something. So I always imagined him at one of the Wilmington area private schools. Cause that's my main theme of reference. Um, but it's it's always fun to see like when it gets mentioned and I'm like oh Delaware yeah I know exactly what you're talking about so um Emily and I we've been talking about doing um books again for this summer and you know with that have a Delaware connection and so I was going back and, and checking out some of the the less coverage and thinking about what we could do um for for Delaware Reads this summer and I found this Q&A that was in the Washingtonian um magazine uh that talks to him about why he selected Delaware as the location. Um, and so Andrew Shankar, the author, he grew up in, um, in like the Maryland, Virginia area. And so he wanted to pick a place that was close by. And apparently this is, this is what he said. He, he wanted to make it like, just like, close to where he was from but different and so he said camden delaware as a stand-in um from rockville where where he grew up and so oh. then he was asked have you ever been to camden delaware and he replied no i mean have i been to delaware i don't think i have it's more rural and farming isn't it and then the interviewer responds there are a lot of outlets Wow, they really knew a lot about our state. Yeah, so I mean, I think like Less is still a beautiful, beautiful book, and I think like you should read it. Other, you know, listeners should read it. But um, yeah, so that's that's the great big story behind why uh, the main character is from Delaware is that it's like adjacent to something else. Ugh. That's kind of disappointing because I love when I find Delaware in pop culture just like randomly. There was a Top Chef contestant who attended St. Andrews, and he started talking about it, and that was very exciting for me because I'm a big fan of that show. But to find out that this guy is just like, oh, it was close to where I grew up, so I chose it. It's a little disappointing. Well, okay, so now I have like, I now I feel a little bad <laughs> telling you this because I think I might be a, an enabler. I wasn't planning on telling you the story, but now I, I, I think that maybe in a few years, you'll be wondering, how did this come to be? And it might be because of me. Um, I recently had someone I know contact me. And they asked for the name of a Delaware town where they could set their story. I don't know if it's I don't, it's a work of fiction. I don't know if it's a short story or a novel. And I gave them a few suggestions. Okay. Dara, you have not told me about this. And I have so many questions. Is it someone you know? Yes, it's someone I know. Okay. Now, did they give you a description? Like, I would like it to be a small town with a main street that has shops, or I need it to be sort of a city that has this, or it needs to be a rural farming community. What, what, 
I need, I just need to know more. Yeah. So I do, I do have some more details and, you know, perhaps having Lisa on the podcast, this could actually be some really great background research that we could pass on to my writer friend. Um, because she wants to, one of the characters is from Baltimore. She's living in Baltimore Ah. and she has to go home to her rural community where her parents are living. Mm -hmm. And so she was thinking, Mm -hmm. um, I, I didn't think Hokesson would be quite rural enough. Um, agreed. I'm imagining more Kent and Sussex County. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then I was thinking, I didn't, I didn't pass all this on, but like, you know, does it matter if your character is taking 95 or do they like do you want them to have to go through Annapolis to get home like what what route are they taking as they make their way back to Delaware um do you know I think there's actually a lot to think about uh, agreed I mean we love Andrew Schaefer we loved Hope Never Dies we're very excited for Hope Rides Again which is the sequel coming out this summer set in Chicago still told in Joe Biden's point of view. And Dara and I have a few ideas for a third novel in the series, um, given, you know, Joe Biden is now running for president. This really opens it up to a a whole mystery along the campaign trail. Um, But that being said, Andrew Schaefer did sort of state that he could see cows as he drove from, you know, Wilmington train station to Joe Biden's home. And as we all know, (laughs) there's nowhere on that route that you would pass cows. So, you know, it's a little questionable when you don't think through the geographic logistics. He would have had to take like a really long um, detour through like Mont Channon and like up near 202. Uh, Absolutely. And even then, there are not a lot of cows in no. the Wilmington area. You have to really catch the right pasture at the right time. I don't, I, it's mostly horses. Yeah. yeah, horses. And I do know of some sheep. Mm-hmm. Definitely, there are some sheep over at Winterthur. Yeah, <laughs> I was thinking about that scene as I was driving by Winterthur um, this past weekend. It was such a beautiful weekend, and I was driving around, and I was—that's one of my favorite things to do in Delaware. I think we can all agree that like yeah. driving on the back roads is is one of our favorite things to do. And um, and I was yes. I, I was suddenly just thinking about that scene, and I was just like, there are no cows here. I don't I don't even see I didn't see any then. I don't see any today. There there are no cows here. Um. We have driven up to the Brandywine River Museum for art classes a couple of times. Um, And last summer we went right after I had read that book. And I remember taking the drive through Greenville and Centerville. And I now every time I drive through, I I think the same thing. Um, But I also, we didn't really catch up on what we've all been up to the last few weeks in in the Della realm. Um, But you know, we've mentioned all these art classes that we have taken and a lot of times they're BYOB. And so we'll bring Prosecco or a glass, a bottle of rosé, that kind of thing. Um, and this weekend we did not do a BYO, but we did do a class. Yes, we did. Sadly, Lisa was not there for it, but she was invited. Mm-hmm. Yes. We were celebrating our friend Gretchen's birthday. Um, and when we asked her what she wanted to do, she said something outside in the good weather. So I did a little little sleuthing and found that Penn's Woods Winery, which is just over the line, so forgive us for that, but, you know, we don't have a lot of winery options here in Newcastle County. Um, they were hosting a yoga and wine and cheese tasting. So it was great. We went. It was bring your own yoga mat. We actually were right out on the vineyard doing yoga for an hour, and then we had our cheese and wine, and it was great. Yes, and we had – and this was – that was a nice – 
morning happy hour, if I may. Um, but then a few weeks before that, I wanted to mention that we did a happy hour at Del Pez, which I know is one of your favorite um, spots to go to, Emily. And then yes, I have because, because of the deals. Because the deals for happy hour, $5 house margaritas, which includes the pink one, which I don't know what's in it. I think it's some kind of cranberry, but the pink one is very good. Um, and then they also have really good food deals. So I think it's like $6 for a couple tacos. It's only 5 or $6 for a half plate of nachos, which for me is an entire meal. Um, so definitely shareable. So I, when we were there, I posted a picture of my drink and I'm going to call her um, special correspondent, Susan Sauter, who we had on a, a few months ago. And now she's doing an amazing job of just like cataloging her life and her adventures in her new state of Delaware. Um, you know, you can always see her like Instagramming where she's going for a walk and where she's going to dinner and listening to music. And so then this past weekend, so she'd seen my picture and we talked about like, oh, she's been meaning to get to Del Pez. I told her about the deals. And um, then this weekend, she she was finally able to go. Um, yeah. So for those who haven't had the chance, we had her on back in February. Um, and a couple of things there. One, her social media handle is at Sue Sought. S-U-E-S-A-U-T. And seriously, if you ever want to know what are fun things to do in Delaware, she's put it out there more than we do, to be perfectly honest with you. Um, <laughs> she's really living the Delaware life. So that's number one. Um, number two, one thing that we actually have never done, but we've talked about it pretty much every summer, is go on the riverboat cruise on the Christina. So you get on the boat, they have happy hour or brunch, you snack, you drink wine, you go down the river, you come back up the river. She did that last weekend. It looked like so much fun. Um, and for those who don't know, we have definitely talked about this, but we'll talk about it more. The night that we actually interviewed Susan was the same night that we had photos done at my house and we had a reporter come for our article that was in Delaware Today this month. But some of you may not have seen that yet, so I just wanted to put the plug out there. It's on newsstands. Um, Jimmy Allen is on the cover. He's a country star from Delaware who's moved down to Nashville and finding success. We're inside. There's a full-page photo, a full-page story. It's a great article, and you can also check it out online. So just wanted to remind people that's out there and you can learn a little more about the podcast and why we're doing what we do. Yes. It's been fun to, I, I have a copy um, in my living room. And so every time I pass by the table, I see it and I, I'm kind of like, oh yeah, that happened. Um, Cause in some ways it feels like a very new thing. And then it also feels like it was kind of far away. Um, but it has been so much fun to hear from people who have read about the podcast in Delaware today. Um, we've heard from some people who were pitching their ideas as possible guests. Um, we've just, you know, gotten nice notes from people saying that they enjoy listening. Um, so we're hoping that if, you know, there are any listeners um, tuning in now and they have an idea or someone they want to see, um, you know, I think one of the things that Emily and I have been trying to do is like sort of name drop possible guests. And then, you know, if you guys respond and say, yeah, we really want to hear from that person, or if that person even gets in touch with us and is like, Hey, I heard my shout out. Like I want to come on. Um, like we're, we're make we have a list going, we have a, a running list of potential guests. But you guys, Joe Biden's probably not coming on the podcast anytime soon. So everybody suggests him. <laughs> I want you to know we have heard of Joe Biden. We know he's from Delaware. 
and we know that people want to hear from I think him. We- but unfortunately, he's a little busy campaigning, and I don't know that talking about well, actually, it is Joe Biden, so maybe he does want to come on and talk about ice cream and pizza. I think Valerie Bertinelli is, like, the famous Delawarean we really want right now, right? Oh, my gosh. I desperately, desperately want Valerie Bertinelli. And, you know, she grew up in Claymont, and so I'm kind of like, well, she could she could come visit for the weekend and come to my house to podcast. <laughs> so I, you guys, put it out there. I believe she is on Twitter, Wolfie's mom. Yeah, I, did is that right? I think so. Um, her child, I believe, is named Wolfgang. Okay, it is. It's at Wolfie's mom, W-O-L-F-I-E-S-M-O-M. Um, and the cool thing, if Valerie were to come and record at my house, is that maybe she could cook dinner for us <laughs> at the same time. Because, you know, she's also a Food Network star Yes, now. and recently came out with a cookbook. Yeah. If you guys do talk to her, can you ask her about her experiences with Betty White? Because that's all I pretty much care about. Yes. Yes. Because I need need to know. And my brother is a huge Golden Girls fan. I actually got him a Blanche birthday card um, that I found at The Look in Dover while we were there interviewing Samantha Stiles and Sincerely Steele. And... uh, you guys, they had the cutest cards and I spent more money than I would normally spend on a card, but my brother loved it. It was perfect. And so, yeah, when Valerie comes to my house to record and cooks dinner for us, she can teach us how to cook dinner, I guess. Um, <laughs> we will ask all about Betty White and her hot in Cleveland days. You know that we'll post an update on social and you can enter your question, your multiple questions in Lisa, like you're so good at doing. Oh, I will. Yeah. I'll, I'll make sure you see them. <laughs> Maybe by the time we have Valerie on, we'll even have like listener audio. So like Lisa can call in and leave her. Oh, yes. I think that will be good. (laughs) Um, So we've been talking a little bit about drinking, about summer, um, about Lisa. And one of the things that we haven't covered yet, which I think has been really big news in Delaware, um, was uh, the dogfish head sale. And I, I also want to talk about Lisa's possibly favorite dogfish head beer because it's Sequench, and I just think that's a really cool name. Even though I don't, I don't have any dogs in this fight. Yeah, Ugh, we Lisa and I are not in agreement on this one. Yeah. Emily and I disagree about Sequench. Um, I do look. I'm sorry, Sam. It's terrible. Okay. <laughs> I'm telling you right here, right now, it's terrible. Nobody wants to drink alcoholic ocean water. Well, Lisa does apparently, but the rest of us, it's terrible. I don't, I don't know what it is. I enjoy a nice sour and that's kind of what I equate it to. And I don't taste the salt that everyone seems to talk about. Maybe my palate isn't as refined. It probably isn't, (laughs) but I love a good sequench. I will say it is not my favorite. Actually, it is up there. My favorite is actually the 120 minute IPA, which is strange because I don't usually like IPAs, but the 120 minute and Sequench like are great go to summer beers. And I can always get a Sequench down here in Baltimore, I will say. And if it's on the menu, I will get it because I will never stop talking about how Dogfish Head is from Delaware. And you are an avid traveler, like, I, I mean, not just between Baltimore and Delaware, but all around the world. Have you ever been someplace internationally and ordered a dogfish head? 
Yes, actually. Um, when I was in Spain uh, last or January of 2018 with another one of our mutual friends, um, they I did not order it, but there was dogfish head on the menu at one of the bars that we went to in San Sebastian, So, which is like the a food mecca in Spain. Mm. So they must have high thoughts of it. Were you proud to see it? I was. And yeah, we we were pretty proud. We were like, oh, it's Delaware. Great. And like the friend I was with can be a little grumpy. And so he was like, let's not talk about it. But um, it was it was pretty cool to see that a nice connection to home. Yeah, I don't know if you ever feel this way, um, either of you, but like, having gone away from college and then come back and, and got away again. Um, I still have like this delayed reaction of when I see things that say Delaware on them. Um, like when I'm in Delaware, uh, like this past weekend, I was at uh, Longwood Gardens and I saw a woman walking around with like a big Delaware sweatshirt. And I was like, oh my gosh, that lady's from Delaware. I'm from Delaware. In my head, I didn't actually approach her. And then I remembered that like this made sense because – we were basically in Delaware. It wasn't like I was in New York. It was very exciting when I went to school in upstate New York. There were like, I don't know, six of us, I think, from Delaware in my class year from various schools. And I think I'm still friends with like three or four people who I never actually met in my time at Cornell, but are from Delaware. Um, just because we found out while we were there that there were other Delawareans. And so we all became friends. And while I don't know who they are, in real life, they seem to have very great Facebook lives. You know, a, a lot of people do. Um, and it's it's amazing how just being from the same state really brings so many of us together. Is there, um, Lisa, is there something that, like, you want, like, when you travel, um, because, you, you again, you've been all over the world. I, I'm amazed and in awe of your, your amazing travels. Um, is there something, like, you always find yourself telling people about Delaware or like, how do you explain where you're from? So I often, (laughs) this isn't the best thing to say on Delaware podcast, but when people ask me where I'm from, I'll often say I'm from like the Philadelphia area. Or if people don't know that I'll say I'm between, I'm from between halfway between Washington DC and New York city. Um, Although there was a time Crazy. One of the craziest experiences in college, I was in Iceland for a little over a month and there was an intern from Russia and I was talking to her and I said, oh, like I'm from, you know, the East Coast, like mid-Atlantic region. She was like, oh, what state? And I was like, oh, like Delaware. And she was like, like the river? <laughs> and I was just like so impressed and happy to know that this girl from Russia all the way in Iceland knew about Delaware and the Delaware river and knew exactly where I was talking about. And that was very, very exciting. Um, but oftentimes I've, when I've had to tell people where I'm from, it's like, Oh, I'm from Delaware. Like it's the first state, uh, Joe Biden. That's like Mm -hmm. what I mentioned mostly now they know Joe Biden's name. Dara, how did you describe it when you were in college and would beat people who maybe weren't familiar? Um, well, I mean, by the end of it, I think, people came to like I was Dara from Delaware when I toured the the college where I would go to school um I happened to tour it with one other person one other student and in the room when we're like meeting the admissions people 
like we discovered that we're both named Dara from Delaware, which is like a really bizarre situation to be in. And then like to realize that like you're you're like trying to to get onto campus and that like you're de- you're defining uh, identity is like the same thing as this other person. Um, but eventually, you know, I carved a, a spot out for myself. But I do remember in I took French 101 freshman year. I didn't do so great in it. Um, and the first class, we were supposed to like say where we were from in French. And I said in French, like, I'm from Delaware. But um, like, and Lisa can help me tell this story because she's much better at French than I am. Um, but like the structure of the sentence was such that like, you weren't supposed to say a state, you were supposed to say your town. And, huh. um, and but like when you're from Delaware and you go outside of Delaware, like you don't say like I'm from Pike Creek, I'm from Hokesson, I'm from Newark. Like you just you're from Delaware. Yeah. So there was a lot of back and forth with my French professor that first day where she was just like trying to get me to say my hometown. And I was just like, Nope. But she did know where Delaware was from because she was like, Oh yes, Delaware. Chickens, credit cards. Oh my gosh. So she knew all of the non-native um, sound bites to say. Yes. Yeah. It was really, it was interesting. My sister is in the military and whenever she's gone to another state for school and she tells people she's from Delaware, they automatically assume she's very rich. <laughs> and I'm not really sure where that stereotype comes from. Probably the credit card thing, um, the business thing, but that is a big stereotype at a lot of the military um, places. That. It's very interesting. Hmm. Yeah. <laughs> I've never heard that before. Well, for everyone out there, we wish that were true. But we can assure you, not everyone here is is rich. <laughs> <laughs> we're just over here living normal lives. We're just we're just doing it in a fabulous place. So we're getting kind of close to our time. So I wanna wrap up, but before we do Lisa, where can people find you on social media if they have more questions or just want to know about the fabulous life of the Lisa P? Um, sure. Uh, I'm at Lisa Minor 40 on Instagram. I don't have a Twitter anymore. Um, but if, you, if you're into nutrition research, you can find me on Google Scholar, um, Lisa Poyer, uh, P-O-I-R-I-E-R. And um, you can see the latest research that I'm doing with the lab that I work in. Awesome. Well, I'm sure we'll have at least a couple listeners who come check you out. Um, And Lisa posts pictures of her doing really fun things and all her travels, which we didn't even really touch on Lisa's traveling. Um, But I guess we can do that now. Lisa, give us what are the last couple big trips you've been on? Um, so in August, I went to Croatia and Slovenia. Um, I spent about two weeks there. Um, and then I was in Albuquerque. Um, that was for work. And then in March, I was in LA. And you guys don't even know this yet, but last night I booked tickets with our good friend Dave to go to the Netherlands, Belgium, Luxembourg, and Germany this fall. Woohoo! Yeah. Oh, good so. sounding trip. So yeah, Lisa's definitely um, our European adventurer. She's been more places than 
I could probably count on both hands and I feel like has great recommendations, especially for the best places to get cheese. <laughs> yes, 100%. So if you need if you need to know of the best cheese anywhere in Europe, Lisa, she's your girl. Mm-hmm. Um, so that being said, Lisa gave us like what she's got coming up with trips. Dee, what do you have coming up on your calendar? I am so looking forward to being Memorial Day weekend and just having a three-day weekend. Um, But that said, I'm having kind of a hard time looking forward into June. I still believe that June is really far off. One thing that I am looking forward to doing, I know that we've kind of been talking about like what our next activity will be, like if we're going to meet up. Um, Constitution Yards reopened in Wilmington on April 25th, and I have not been there yet. Um, But I am this season. I've been there before. I've been there several times <laughs> at several different times of the year. Um, I didn't yes. want people to get upset and like start throwing axes at you. So We've all been there together. So yeah, we have even, even our intern has been there. Yes. Yes. Um, I have a picture with the intern there. It's really cute. Yeah, that was, but you know, when she still went out in public, she, she is quite elusive. She doesn't like to be photographed in public that often. So that is my that is my summer my relaxing summer to do, which I will be able to accomplish without the pressure of um, fighting my way through through June. Same. I um I don't know that I have a ton on the calendar this weekend. Um, I am going. So we're recording this on Monday. Again, we, we give you guys all the scoop behind the scenes. We're recording this on Monday the 20th. It's probably going to post on the 21st or 22nd. So either tomorrow or today, I will be going to the grilled cheese battle at the Queen. The second year they've done this. I'm very excited. There's beer. There's grilled cheese. I don't know why you would not want to go to this unless, you know, that's a little too glutinous for you like it is for Dara. Um, but I'm excited. Our friend Gretchen and I went together last year. She actually supplied the bread. You know, she, um, we had her on the podcast. She owns Delacour. So they are supplying the bread for at least one of the grilled cheese restaurants that's competing. Um, so she's going for that reason. I have a couple friends from the gym, which sounds odd that my gym friends are the people I eat massive amounts of grilled cheese with. But, you know, life is full of these, these oxymorons. It's good for you. Um, so I'm, I'm really looking forward to that. And then this weekend, I don't have a lot on the calendar. I just have podcast brunch club. Um, so for those who like sort of all our food themed episodes that we talk about this month's theme is food trends. So we're talking about crickets being super sustainable meat source, um, and all kinds of different other trendy food things. Um, and so if you're interested in that, you can reach out to me on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, you can reach out to the podcast, we'll make sure you get all the info. But we're meeting on Sunday of Memorial Day weekend in Newark this time at Santa Fe. And I'm looking forward to that. And also, since you mentioned Newark, um, I did also want to throw in, um, since summer is basically upon us, we're starting to see all of the fun free um, concerts pop up. Um, so I know on Wednesdays, White Clay Creek in Newark is having their evening summer concert series. Um, on Thursdays in Newark, in like the little uh, town square area on Main Street, um, they're doing free summer concerts. So be sure to check out um, destateparks.com or with like your local municipality and um, see what kind of free music series they have going on. Definitely check all that stuff out and enjoy 
all the patio sipping this summer. You're listening to the Della Darling Podcast. I'm Emily. And I'm Dara. We're taking Dara's love of telling people stories, Emily's love of attending events, and our mutual love of the first date, and highlighting the best people to meet, places to go, and things to do that Delaware has to offer. 